Hey everyone, welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast Season 8. Very excited to have this discussion today with my good friend, Corey Miller. He was on the show a short season ago talking about his acquisition of iThemes to Liquid Web and, and what that journey was about to start for him. And now we have Corey leaving Liquid Web and starting something new. So what better time to have Corey back is to talk about this new chapter. And, and Chapters was really sort of the thread throughout this entire conversation of, look, we're, we're all doing these things in, you know, what we're calling these chapters, and we're not just defined by a single chapter, we're defined by the whole story, and, and that's really what Corey and I get into today. Uh, just a great person, and I do have one ask. If, if there's, you know, something that you think Corey should hear from you as an entrepreneur, as a founder, he's looking for his new avenue, his new way of... Uh, creating his new business life. So if you have something that you want to connect with him uh, for, go to CoreyMiller.com and reach out and say, hey, here's an idea. Here's what you might want to pursue with your talents. Or I have an idea. What do you think about it? I'm sure he's willing to talk to you about stuff like that. So check it out at CoreyMiller.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Share this podcast with everyone. We're going to start spreading the wings of the Matt Report and talking to more people in and around the WordPress space. Let's get into the episode. Yeah, so I'm formerly the artist known as the CEO of iThemes <laughs> and founder of iThemes. Uh, but yeah, like you said, we were uh, acquired by Liquid Web last year, uh, January 2018. And uh, I recently left about three weeks ago to uh, start again. That's the phrase I'm kind of using, Matt, is start again. Um, it's, it's not starting over because I'm starting from a different place than I did 11 years ago when I started iThemes, but uh, it's, been a, it's been a good time. So, you know, in answer to the question, I think you're kind of alluding to, which was how, how did last year go? You know, I've heard a lot of stories. Uh, I have friends that have um, sold companies. I've got, you know, enough stories and, you know, in entrepreneurship to, uh, kind of bounce things off of. And I tell you what, really, truly in reflection, they, uh, they did what they said they were going to do. They wanted to do, uh, which was keep iThemes a little bit separate. What I called out of, outside of the bubble, you know, at 600 people, there's going to be bureaucracy. That's just part of it, no matter how good and how well run the company is. I'm sure Apple has that too, right? And, and, different companies we could talk about Starbucks I don't know but they really did keep us out from the bubble and uh, let us do what we did um, there's always transitions uh, you know that happen that are difficult and the, the, those happen just if you know for instance switching G suite from owning being owned by one organization over to the other that's just it's kind of a headache but it's a part of business um, but I really hand uh, all of that experience to Joe Osterling, the um, CTO. I don't know his exact title now. I think he's an EVP or something now of technology. But, you know, he and A.J. Morris came in, it's been like three, four years ago now, to Oklahoma City and talked to us. And uh, I tell you what, I have a lot of res respect for Joe and um, how that deal all happened. And um, now, you know, my right-hand guy, uh, good friend Matt Danner, is leading the ship at iThemes. And couldn't honestly, from my perspective alone, you know, anticipated a better transition with me pulling out of the company, the team, and all that. There is, you know, there's like this whole jaded concept of entrepreneurship and running a business. A lot of it centers around like 
gee, how much money are you making? How many customers do you have? It's all that vanity metrics and things like that. And myself personally, starting an agency, running it for nearly a decade, walking, not walking away from it, but exiting it and seeing it still run uh, as a healthy entity. Like that is what entrepreneurship is about. Um, and man, these are all chapters in our lives. Like I know you're big on like definition, like defining life, defining career, defining happiness. Um, there are things that, uh, that you learn from these new experiences that you would have never been able to like, Hey, I'm the CEO of iThemes, but going into liquid web, I'm sure there's a countless lessons that you have never been exposed to that you were able to learn from and myself the same at Pagely. But do you have a handful of takeaways that, or one or two takeaways that was like, wow, this is eye opening, And I've seen a lot. Absolutely. I mean, I had worked in bigger organizations, not as big as Liquid Web before iThemes, but iThemes was 20, 25 people. At its height, I think we might have had 27, right? And um, so that was kind of my bulk of my experience in getting into a bigger organization. They're led by a really great leadership team um, that have been together for a long time. And uh, there was a lot of lessons there, how you approach, how you're just a professional. I'll tell you, though, uh, but me personally is honestly, Matt, I had got to cruising altitude and set it on automatic pilot on some things, you know, and that whole experience was I kind of level up, you know, we had, I'm not saying we were just uber successful and I could just, oh man, lavish and just throw money out the window or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, I really realized now I had set certain things on automatic pilot, particularly with my own skill development. So, you know, you mentioned like my personal website, CoreyMiller.com. I'm going back and trying to figure out how to do, you know, the different tools, uh, not the iThemes tools. I knew how to use those, right? But I'm kind of coming back for the fresh um, perspective and going, I let some things lag. Um, <laughs> what is this Gutenberg I, thing that I'm dragging around the site? I don't even know. Yeah, what is Gutenberg? How do I enable the classic? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I think, by the way, as an aside, I think Gutenberg's going to be great down the road, and uh, it, it looks really, really cool. Coming from an old print guy here, it looks pretty cool, but um, that that really is it, if I'm being honest, is I let some skill sets and things kind of lag over the years, and, um, you know, phoned it in on some things. So that experience was pushing me out of that, um, and seeing how professionals that have ran, you know, hundreds and hundreds of million dollar uh, companies, how they do it, and also are pretty cool people too, was, was, a, was a good lesson. Um, so yeah, it was, the, and now here I am starting again, going, oh man, it probably wasn't good to put it on autopilot on certain things. Yeah. And so now I'm having to do some hard work. I'm, I'm working pretty hard right now, and that's okay. It's a good experience for me. Uh, before we pull off of, of Liquid Web, what was one particular challenge that you faced that, um, that leveled you up? And I'll give you a second to, to think about that and give you my own example. At Pagely, uh, having joined now nearly two years ago, um, you know, I had negotiated big with air quotes for those of you who are just listening, big projects with with the with the agency. And by big, I mean, you know, fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollar projects. Um, big for us, talk to a lot of big-ish clients. But when I got to Pagely, it was a whole different ballgame of dealing with large brands, corporations, lawyers, procurement officers. And that was something that in the beginning 
speaking honestly, I was like, man, this, can I handle this? Is this me? Can I, am I able to adapt to this? Uh, fast forward two years later, the answer is yes, or at least I hope so. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was one thing that was like in the beginning, I was like, wow, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, do I, I feel like the dumbest person in the room. Uh, but after a couple rounds of it, I was like, oh, I know how to handle this now. I'm much more confident with it. Was there anything like that with you? You know, two things stick out really is, um, you know, a really professional, experienced view of financials and data. And that really struck me. Um, whereas in the past, honestly, um, we'd go, hey, is this a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'd talk it through a little bit. And so a really sharp view of financials um, and data, more, more so even data, the broader picture of data. And the second is, I always say that like in corporate uh, you know, environments that spreadsheets and uh, slide decks are the love language of executives. Um, and I, and I kind of did that with a laugh going, you know, I, did, I never had to do in-depth financial models and then presentations for people. I had partners, but they were silent partners and mostly encouraging partners, not in the business. And um, trust and respect, they knew me and probably, uh, you know, said, okay, I, we trust you and your gut a little bit too much at times, probably. But the whole presentation side, too, those are kind of actionable things, like very, you know, practical skill sets. But going, there's really something to that, especially as I'm starting again going, I want to eventually put products, services out into the market, and I need to. I don't have a team around me that builds sales pages and writes copy and does all that stuff. And so that that deck thing, I use it as a little joke, a little ribbing joke. That's their love language, you know, in the corporate environment, not just like everybody. Um, but I'm like, that's a really good skill set to be able to highlight up, not a wall of text, but go, here are the key points for someone to remember. That's just good communication. Practice. Yeah, and it's a different skill set, you know, than I'd even argue like a word camp or just like a, if you're doing a speaking gig, because that's something that it's for the most part, like once you do it a couple of times, like you're in your comfort zone, you're talking just about you and you're not particularly trying to convince anybody to like, we should do this. It's more of like, here, me paint this picture about myself. And at the end of the, at the end of this conversation, there'll be a lesson learned here. Um, so I agree. Like, Again, that's another. That's a great reminder. A lesson that I've learned with Pagely is presenting to customers like high dollar accounts that I'm just doing, like you're, you and I are doing right now through Zoom, and being able to navigate slides with, without being in person with somebody and just having somebody like peering at their web camera and just being like, "What is he saying?" Like it's a very stressful situation, uh, and it takes time to really get that down that down well. Uh, those, those kind of things, like you even mentioned public speaking. I mean, that was another thing. I got to a level where I felt I, I could communicate well and I was successful at it. And then I just kind of said, okay, I'm there. Right. And we had this mantra at iThemes, like, no one has arrived. And I honestly broke it, right? I, I said, well, okay, I don't have to get better. I think some of that was a little bit of fatigue, you know. I mean, I can't, I don't know how many work camps I've done, 45, 50 maybe over 11 years. And I just got so fatigued, and I think that was part of the cruise control mentality I put sure. on. Um, but it didn't serve me, serve me well for next chapter. So that chapter, how, how did you or how have you been bullet pointing the framework for what you'll do next? It's it's so funny. Every day it feels like it comes becomes more clear, Matt. And I'm sure you understand this too. Is you know I 
when I when I gave notice and said I, I, I'm I'm gonna take my leave, um, I didn't have a lot figured out, honestly. Um, Lindsay and I had set us, set aside some money to have time to figure it out, but I didn't have time to I didn't have another thing that I was like burning to go. I've always wanted to do this software product, or I always wanted to do this thing. I didn't have any of that, and that's the unsexy truth about it. Um, I think a lot of people asked me the question, and I was like, I don't know. And they, were, they expected me to say some, like, I think, big thing. And I, that feels good, too, going, okay, well, maybe you believe in me like that. Um, so what I've been doing is just having conversations like this with good people I've met over the years, kind of rekindling some of those. So for the past two years, part of one year, we were doing a deal. And then part of the next year, all of the next year, was, you know, transitioning team and trying to do some integrations with products and stuff. And I feel like I've been underwater for two years, and um, that's nobody's fault. That's just part of the deal. And uh, it has been so refreshing over the last three weeks as I've just filled up my calendar with really good conversations with people and just seeing how I can help and support them. That's been really fun. Um, I've got a friend here locally. Uh, his name is Jeff, and we've known each other for seven years, and we're talking about some things to do that won't be WordPress-related. We will use WordPress. <laughs> I'm now, I'm now, Matt, this is so funny. It's kind of like a little kid in me to go, oh, I'm still in the WordPress community. I'm just a WordPress blogger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw some. Now they go try to bum tools off of people. Yeah. Like, hey, um, could I have a free? Yeah. No. You go back to iThemes. Can I get that unlimited license again? I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I saw somebody post something the other day on Twitter or tweeted out on Twitter that was like, what would you do if you didn't do WordPress or WordPress went away or whatever? And I was like, uh, I would just be a landscaper with a really great website. Like <laughs> I would be somebody who like responded to contact forms and like had this awesome like lead generation magnet for cutting your grass because you know I don't have to change anybody's colors of the grass over there. It's always green and I'm just cutting it. Like don't ask me to do anything else. Uh, there, there's a couple of things I'm learning, Matt, that are, uh, you might find interesting. Um, and I'm trying to share some of these experiences because I think they're helpful because as painful as they are as I go through them may be helpful for somebody else. But one is I've spent 11 years selling products, products, software products, particularly for WordPress, right? But that other people, my team built, and most of those ideas weren't even my ideas. And that I got really good at that. I can brag about my friends like you and other people all day, every day. Now it's switched gears to, I need to sell myself. And that's been a, that has been a challenge. Um, I like to think of myself as a humble person. And so when you think, okay, now if I'm doing, for instance, coaching and consulting, I got to sell my experience. Not everyone knows me, you know? I've got a very good reputation, I think, in WordPress, um, which is the bulk of the conversations I've had. But now I'm kind of reboot. Like I live in Oklahoma, and I tell people, I said, I'm more well known outside of this state than inside. Yeah. <laughs> because of, you know, because of the nature of WordPress, right? right? And, uh, that has been a challenge of self, self-doubt, insecurity, um, and then another skill that I have to add. I have to add. At some point, I need to make some money, right. you know? And i got to be able to say, this is what the value I can do for you. And that's been a very humbling, often painful experience, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, because I was just on a podcast this morning, and we talked a lot about confidence. And that is something that I have, you know, from a really young age, struggled with. Uh, even though I grew up in in car sales and selling cars and things like that, and one would assume just like, well, you're in this selling environment all the time, but um, everyone struggles with that like thread of confidence, and not many people can walk the the fine line of that. And that is to say, 
There are those who are confident who are arrogant, but they, you know, they are confusing arrogance and confidence. And those are the people that we look at and we're like, God, I don't want to be like her. She's way too arrogant. And, and then there are the people who are confident, but are just uh, too humble, where they're, they're unwilling to um, talk about the values that they can, that they can bring. Is there anything that 10 years ago, is there the 10-year-old Corey that you would look at now and say, you know what, those one or two things that I, I, I thought I was doing right in the beginning of iThemes, what lessons can you apply to this new adventure of yours? Absolutely. The biggest one, this is on my mind, and I've been talking about this uh, with friends and offline mostly, and going, I built you know, a platform with iThemes. And we built a really good platform. We were able to, you know, spin out new products, grow our team, uh, offer more to customers. And then I sold the platform. Okay. And then now in the starting again phase for me is I wasn't adequately building up another platform. And I'm using that kind of generic term to say I sold that. I don't have access to those customers unless they, you know, maybe follow me on Twitter or whatever else. But I sold the platform. And I think... What I would have said, gone back and said is very consistently and regularly, maybe once a month, do something. And I, you know, and my brand did get built as as iThemes went, absolutely. But I think I would have been way more consistent to say, um, build my personal brand, whether that's CoreyMiller.com or whatever it is, very strategically with an audience that I could potentially go, okay, what else could I offer this audience? I didn't do that. And uh, along with the skill sets I mentioned, so now I'm kind of, you know, I've got like 360 email subscribers on my personal website. That that pales in comparison to what we built at yeah, 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 you know, yeah. It's not even a blip right, on the map. Right. Right, right. And so I've got wealth of relationship, which I, I fundamentally believe it's all about relationships, really good relationships with people that open opportunities. And But that whole building a base to have something to potentially, you know, step off of one platform onto another – I wish I had done that strategically over 11 yeah. years, really just once a month. And it's hard to say that now because, you know, there's times, you know, this, you're trying, you're in your business trying to work on something and then you get some time. You're like, okay, the ship is selling good, smooth. And then, okay, well, I'll go over here and do a personal project. Those can become distracting at times, but then you get over here and you got, oh, carved out time. Now I can do this personal project. And then something invariably happens and it pulls your distraction. So I think like once a month would have taken some expertise or something and built an audience that was separate and outside of that core group of who we built at iThemes to have something more than what I had, you know, three weeks ago. You know, that's just, it's it's an amazing thread of thought because a lot of people come to me and and I'm sure you too. And they're like, "Ah, I'm trying to get this business off the ground. Uh, This product isn't selling. I can't reach reach the right market or I'm building something really awesome. I can't wait to get it out there. And they're like, so what should I do? And when they ask that question, you know, the younger me is in their head saying what I was saying when I was in their position going, he's going to tell me about, you know, SEO and pay-per-click ads and, uh, you know, pricing and, and how to, you know, convince somebody to buy this. No, it's about starting that audience. And if you haven't started that audience, you haven't started that connection, you're already too late. Not to say that you can't do it, but start doing it right now because that's such a boon uh, when you launch to just 
to rely on. And right. And when you, when you, like you said, I have a small list compared to what I themes, but it doesn't matter. At least you have something to, to, to catapult, you know, I'm open for business. I just told these dozen people, you know, it's better than nothing. <laughs> uh, and we'll build on top of it. The, the other part of this equation, that's the practical, having something that would help me, you know, propel the next business, for instance, when I say platform. And, but the other part of it is identity. Um, you know, for so long, <clears throat> I, you know, I was the founder of iThemes. I mean, that was just, just like you and I have kids, we're father of, you know, in my case, Callaway and Lillian. Um, and then... At some point, like, you know, three weeks ago or maybe a year ago, I'm no longer that that identity we have attached to it. You know, you're wearing an iTheme shirt and we're, or uh, hoodie, and we're joking about that. Um, I, my name will always be attached, I'm sure, but I, from a personal identity, and, you know, you and I have talked about mental health a lot, but from an identity standpoint, I don't have a lot of hobbies. I read books that benefit business, you know, activities i don't like to like you said you could start a landscaping company or whatever i can't if my wife asked me to fix something at the house i break it worse than it was it was originally you know and so i didn't have some of these side things and and that the identity and i saw it with some friends of mine that had you know exited their companies and i was like okay i was aware of it eyes wide open but that was a struggle still is to some degree now my current biggest struggle isn't that my my startup baby is no longer mine that that's secondary that's way down the list for me um i'm much more attached to the people on the team and even maybe some to some degree of course the customers but the people on the team that was probably the hardest thing is saying goodbye to a role that i saw those people or interacted with those people all Mm. day and, you know, some of, some of the best relationships I've had in my life and friendships, and I care about them personally. And now I'm no longer working with them every single day. And that's that's part of that identity. And then starting again thing is they're still my friends. Um, personally, relationships, work-wise, no. They're, they're doing their thing. I want them to do their thing. I'm going off in a different direction. But that was, you know, that was a, that's a hit. That's something I don't think a lot of people think about it. And it's harder when you, I mean, way tougher when you get into the situation i'm sure you you dealt with that too yep matt like your your matt report right Right. um the studio and now you've got a different role and those are all you know maybe it's our little twitter bio or whatever but i think we really attach or at least i do a lot of our identity and purpose and meaning to those things so now you can just tell me if this question doesn't make sense. It's, it's along that same thread, and this is something that I've struggled with, and it's a lot about what you're saying here. Uh, at least I feel is detaching yourself from identity, right? I, you know, Corey Miller, the the blogger, the consultant, the coach, the iThemes founder, and Corey Miller, the legacy. He started this. He was, you know, leading the charge for the uh, the the Div nonprofit. Um, and now this new chapter, how are you going to, well, I guess part of this question is, uh, are you evaluating, am I creating a new identity through my career or am I cre- now do I want to create something that's more legacy? And how do you balance that? You know, because, and, and, and real quick, 
I always think about burning the Matt report down to the ground, right? <laughs> like, like you said, like I'm more known outside of the state than in the state. Um, and I have a local podcast that I do with entrepreneurs and I'll be quite frank. It's a lot more satisfying because I'm meeting these people face to face. I'm shaking their hands. Podcasting is new to them. And they're like, this is amazing, right? <laughs> it's one person out of the many thousands that listens to this show, but it feels more gratifying. It feels more legacy-like than Matt Report branding-like, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, I always feel like I approached our work in the past with purpose and profit. Like, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have profit. I never, you know, I didn't apologize for making money. If we did a good job, we should be paid well. And I always balanced the purpose side. Like, we, I wanted what we did to change people's lives, make people's lives better. Um, so it wasn't that that was missing. That was always there. The biggest highs I got in my life, joys and rewards were hearing customers say, your, your, your tools changed my life because I was able to start WordPress freelance business. Um, and then the team and things like that that were affected by being able to work in a great environment and do work they love and enjoy with people they really like. Now, second phase, I go in my mind, purpose first, then profit. And and I'm at a place now where I, I don't feel like they, it wasn't a mutually exclusive thing. It was always a balance. But now I think I want purpose. I really want to chase purpose first, and the profit will come. It needs to be there. But... That's my focus today. Ask me in six months and a year from now, but I think that's how I'm wired. But I, I really, in this next phase of going, you know, we need to, you know, make our mortgage payment, for instance. We need to um, put food on the table, that kind of things. But, but it's really an emphasis more on saying, let me look first to purpose, and which has really helped me. Um, what am I interested in? Can I apply my experiences, my talents, my strengths? helps make somebody's life better and it goes to the filter first of purpose and then to profit um, with, with, with business endeavors specifically so I think that might be the change um, and so what do you think yeah I mean I like it I, what I was about to say is your your what it sounds like to me is you're in what I'll call like a market research phase you know in a rebranding phase uh, to reach out and, and talk with with folks like me and to get the word out there that, Hey, there's, there's going to be a new Corey Miller out there. I'm exploring what's happening. And, you know, what you're doing, I'd imagine is, you know, a little bit of research and development on the new product or the new service or the new Corey. But this time it's not just going to be, you know, how do I make a new plugin, uh, or, you know, whatever it might be, theme or plug-in, whatever. It's going to be, how can I, you know, create a product of value and then, you know, use this time that you've given yourself, you know, what most creators say as a runway. <laughs> You're giving yourself this runway to say, okay, research and development, market research, let me feel what's out there, and then, boom, let me come up with version one of whatever this next thing might be. Do you... Yeah, you nailed do it. You, it's very much a reinvention. You know, as you were you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, this really is a reinvention for me personally and then business. You know, I have no desire, and also I've signed, you know, some documents that per- perhaps, you know, I won't be doing WordPress plugins and themes, which is totally fine with me. Um, 
And but in this next phase is reinvent and go. Okay, what do I really want to spend the next? You know, with iThemes, it was ever when I started it. I go, I I want to be committed for five years, and then we got to our five year mark, and I was like, well, am I going to renew? And I did, um, and then I didn't. <laughs> right. No. But uh, but this next phase is what do I want to spend in the next five ten years doing? And um, in this reinvention stage, and and uh, I tell you what we. I've talked to my friend Jason Schuler and other entrepreneurs, and there's a huge amount of luck that played into my story, and I'm totally okay with that, by the way, because I feel like I took what luck I got. I was in the right place, right time, um, but I took every bit of luck I got and tried to make the most of it, and now I'm trying to get lucky again. I want to see opportunities. I, I, I guess you could say I stumbled into WordPress, but um, I was ready. I, w- I was at the right time, right place, and ready. And I want to redo that kind of thing of going, what else is out there? What you know, Start from learning and curiosity and passion and purpose and those type of things, interests, and say what opportunities may come of that. And I just I feel like I'm optimistic and hopeful that um, that will happen again. It won't happen the same way, I'm sure. But I'm, I'm ready to be surprised again because I never knew, you know, January 1st, 2008, I didn't know 11 years from that date we would be making the bulk of our money from plug-in security and maintenance for WordPress. I'd have been like, number one, I know nothing about any of those things. I'm like, not even close to being an expert. But it was that meandering path of purpose and profit and all that kind of stuff that got us there. And I want to be surprised again and go on a new adventure yeah. again. And uh, that, that that's where my and, mind And number is two, right. you called it iThemes. So you were, <laughs> it was it was never iThemes plug-in security, you know, and maintenance. So you were just like, wow, that came out of a, out of the left field. Exactly. Um, the story arc of season eight of the Matt Report has been about the change of WordPress, the change of WordPress, the software, uh, you know, factually with, with Gutenberg and, and um, sort of the big shift in the editor, the change of WordPress in the business landscape of WordPress. Again, plugins, themes, hosting, that kind of thing. And obviously you've had uh, a huge vantage point for all, you know, typical WordPress products. Um is there anything that you see as opportunity still for those of us who are those people who are listening opportunity in the WordPress space or anything that you'd comment on, on the WordPress ecosystem landscape that, um, you know, might be something that you see as the, as maybe the next sort of jumping point for most people. I think the debates around, you know, versions and features and things like that are healthy when done healthy. Like Gutenberg stirred up a lot of uh, conversation, which I think is good for the platform. We need people that are, care about the platform. But the the thing that has been resonating with me is that uh, WordPress is not about the software. It's not about the code. It's always about the people. That's what made WordPress so special. The code, the software, is awesome. It's going to get better. These things with Gutenberg or whatever they, that will inevitably come up will get solved. But I think we kind of forget sometimes that it's really about the people. I mean, people are the ones that use the software. People are the ones that make the difference, that contribute the code, that talk at WordCamps, that build cool products. Um, and some of that, I think, gets messed over. The magic truly in WordPress is not the software. The software is pretty cool. I love it. It's really the people that are so passionate around it and that what it enables people to do, live great lives, uh, get noticed through a blog, build a commercial plug-in business on top of it, um, do hosting like Pagely. Um, all those things are really magical about it, but at the core, the, the core thing is always the people. And I, I think sometimes we probably get too much in the 
minutia of the code and forget like it's really the people that drove it. The people that moved from movable type over to WordPress that made it really skyrocket. The people that continue to build and extend it and do podcasts around it. Um, that's that's really the true beauty of it. And I I'll tell you what, man, I, I've rarely seen that. Um, you know, WordPress is really special. I don't think people really understand what that community aspect really truly means. Outside looking in, I mean, outside WordPress people going, I don't really understand this. Yeah, it's really weird and it's really cool. <laughs> at, uh, at the top of the show, I mentioned I wouldn't put you on the hot seat, but I changed my mind. I'm going to put you on the hot seat, Corey. If Matt had tapped you on the shoulder and gave you Yoast's job, as head of marketing for WordPress.org, what would your one or two things be as your initial to-dos? In other words, if you were leading oh, the marketing oh. of WordPress.org as Yoast is today, what's your first one-two punch that you'd give to, uh, to kind of change uh, the marketing perspective of WordPress? Ooh, that's fun. Okay, okay. Uh, so I think the biggest thing is if you log into WordPress.com, and I've asked people, I said, when was the last time you were logged into WordPress.com? And by and large, on the either agency or commercial product developer uh, roles, the people I talk to the most, they go, oh, it's been like six years. For me, it was six or seven years when I logged in, back when the Gutenberg notice happened. And then you look in, and it's fast. It's beautiful, modern-designed software. And then you go back to a self-hosted WordPress.org site, and you're like, oh, it's clunky. It's a mess. The first thing I would do is champion and push. You know, I know this is the marketing side, but you got to get the product right to market it right. And the dashboard is a mess. The reason why I loved, I picked Joomla, or I'm sorry, WordPress over Joomla was it was a helicopter dashboard. WordPress now is a helicopter <laughs> dashboard. I mean, we know it because we log into it and see it every day, but um, brand new users, right. they're going to be like, it, the, when I logged into WordPress.com compared to .org, I was like, oh my gosh, the disparity was so bad that you go, this feels right. old and outdated. Right. And then you don't get it on a good host like Pagely, and it's yeah. slow, and it's clunky. And you click on, it's screaming fast on WordPress.com, and good for yeah. them, right? But yeah. There's so much of a disparity, and I don't know if we fully as a community realized that we've got to level this thing up on the dashboard yeah. side. Technically, I don't know what all that means, but we need to get a clean, modern design interface that doesn't overwhelm users and say, screw this, I'm going to go to Wix, Squarespace, Weebly, WordPress.com, whatever yeah. it is. You know, that's, you know I, I would say that's definitely one of the challenges. It's definitely one of the things that I that Gutenberg is looking to solve, even though it's starting with the editor, I believe that that uh, experience is going to expand and, and sort of capture uh, the whole onboarding process to WordPress. And this is a particular challenge that, I mean, I know a host of other people, not just myself, uh, I've been bringing it up uh, for years now, is the experience of WordPress is too fragmented, you know, because of folks like you and I who are able to build our own products and our own uh, approach and experience. So all of a sudden, an end user gets, you know, six or seven of us in there and we all, you know, deploy our our way of doing plugins and our way of setting up options. And they're looking around, they're doing things. And now page builders are a huge piece of the puzzle of building out a website. And then the whole like 
hey, I'm experiencing WordPress, but you're experiencing WordPress with like a dozen developers that are all talking different you know, languages. Um, and then at the end of the day, if the user is frustrated, they just say, wow, WordPress was terrible. <laughs> but it wasn't WordPress. It wasn't WordPress's proper fault. It was just, there was all of these different mixed experiences in there. So definitely a, a challenge for, you know, Matt and Automatic and, and core contributors to, to WordPress. Um, I would like, and this is just an aside, it's not really a question, but if you had feedback, I mean, I would like to see some kind of effort where there's a council of third-party plugin developers that all have this common agreement of, okay, here's how we'll do design language for options pages, right? And if we can all sort of agree to this flow, maybe that's better for all of us in the long run. Starting with dashboard alerts. <laughs> Right, I don't need 85 dashboard alerts of different call to actions and colors and animated GIFs popping out at me. Yeah, I, I think this isn't exactly what you're talking about, but I think you know Morton at WordCamp US this year, this last year, brought up the, an advisory council or some kind of board or some more more people to contribute voices and to have a voice. And you know, I know it's a meritocracy, all that kind of stuff, right? But I think there needs to be uh, more voices. I do grant that there needs to be one person that finally makes the decision, but um, it, you know, you got you can't just say we'll go start fixing bugs or patching <laughs> code to have a voice. Like, you know, I can't yeah, do counts that, me out right? too. <laughs> but I can do videos. Yeah, and so I, there needs to be more voices. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I thought that was a good conversation to start. We need to have those kind of conversations of. Who else is helping drive? And I hope that maybe one piece is that, that you know, Yoast as the uh, marketing team person, whatever he's called there, that will help that and more people. But um, th there needs that, I think, for the direction of the software. Because yeah. honestly, it's it's a kind of a, a black box of how decisions ultimately get sure. made. I have my own theories about it, and I'll keep it to myself. That's what the show is for. That's what the show is for. Yeah. I I think there needs to be more voices, you know. I thought that was a cool concept to think about. I know Drupal has similar things, and I'm not saying that's an ideal model, but there needs to be more voices able to contribute and then their voices be heard. You know, I remember back in 3.0, Matt, you remember this too. Some, you know, menus were, some. it was around menus, and enough people in the community made a big enough stink about it that, it got pushed a little bit to get it right. And then we saw the Gutenberg stuff, and it was like two days before WordCamp US. It's here. You know, so, there's something to miss there that, that I think adequately, there were so many very strong opinions about it that it should have caused a little bit more mm -hmm. caution. Now, here we're on the backside and everything, and I get that. You got to just push code at some point, maybe. But there needs to be more of a conversation around that and listening it's not just talking, it's listening back and going, maybe these people have yeah. points. You know, one of the things I think that could have helped in all of the chaos of, you know, Gutenberg and leading that and who are the leaders, who are the decision makers. And, you know, I still continuously point back to Jetpack as the... Um, I mean, forget Trojan horse. It's 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 out in the open now. It's it is the product that is you know coming from a, a company who was led by Matt 
<clears throat> who once said like, hey, all of these people who are charging for plugins, that's that's not cool, man. That's not cool. And then Jetpack came around and became the biggest <laughs> of, you know, monetization Trojan horses in WordPress. But we're past that, everyone. Uh, my point is, hey, if there were some more clarity and transparency around that, and they actually approached the conversation of Jetpack as a startup or that typical, you know, and, and you all did this with at iThemes, like, we're startup, we're hungry, here's some of the awesome features we have coming out, and it's it's clearly it's monetized, and maybe you're not disclosing revenue numbers, but you're talking about growth, and you're excited about it, and you're just discussing it as this, this incubator that's happening in this awesome plugin, instead of just, like, sneakily dropping in, like, call to actions to pay for premium services. Like, just come out and say, this is our monetization vehicle. Let's all just like get on board with it, uh, you know, and that's what has driven me nuts the most about all of this roller coaster ride up until this point. It's, it's a, there's a lot of conflict and potential for conflict there. You know, Jetpack has been prioritized, for instance, at WordPress.org for a long time. We all know that. I mean, everybody has seen it. It's like, you know, it's cliche now, right, to say yeah. Trojan horse, but we all, because we all know it. It's just, it's an obvious fag now. Um, now I want to say one thing is I've all, I always have trusted and respected Matt as an individual um, and thanked him personally to his face for WordPress. Um, I haven't always agreed with the decisions and things, and uh, but Jetpack and Automatic and relationship is going to get more uncomfortable because there's money sitting here in Automatic that very smart people that expect a return have invested in it, and. Um, then we have this open source. Now, I think he's balanced that for the most part. Not the way I would right. want it, but I think he's balanced it for the most part. But going into the future, again, having more voices at the at the table, um, I think it's gonna is probably a good thing to happen. And, I mean, you just said it alone. Jetpack's the reach of it, right? And, uh, you know, a couple of switches of the uh, flips, flips of the switch... And things could be could get really interesting. I know where my mind goes if I had control, yeah. right? Um, so it, it's a really interesting relationship, and I hope, uh, and I, I do have hope that those conversations will be navigated in the best interest of not just one party, but the entire community and the platform and the people into the future. I really have hope that that will happen. It'll take some people standing up though and letting their voice heard, like Morton. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. bold to say that to do what he did at WordCamp US. And it'll take more like that to have bold conversations to make sure Yeah, I 1,000% agree. All right, so final uh, message here in the podcast. If there are people out there listening to this that you, Corey Miller, would say, hey, what do you want of me? What is it that you want Corey Miller to do uh, what kind of people do you want to talk to? What, what are you looking for that people in the audience that could potentially help you with? Do you want to connect with more freelancers, more product owners? In other words, use this as a way to reach out to my audience only because I trust you. <laughs> like if somebody's yeah, out you. there to say, hey, that. help Corey out. What, what does Corey want to hear from uh, my audience that might help him in the next chapter? What is it, Corey? That really makes it... Uh, that really feels good. I'm really grateful for that, Matt. Um, I, I love... Um, talking to entrepreneurs um, my next phase what, who I'm really interested in working with are teams um, leaders and teams emerging leaders key leaders what we did at iThemes for 11 years is take people that were so uh, I mean talented 
and just give them an environment to really flourish. And that's kind of where I, I'm, I'm, one of the areas I'm trying to, my next path is helping teams, individuals on teams, emerging key leaders on teams, and I always love working with entrepreneurs. Um, so that's kind of the broad categories. And then, shoot, I'm, I'm open ears. <laughs> they can go to my website or hit me up on Twitter or whatever else and tell me what they think I should be doing. And I'm, I like, I, Lindsay tells me I'm on a listening tour, and I very much am on a listen, listening tour. But thanks for letting, letting me awesome. do that. It's awesome. So everybody's, everybody who's listening, it's CoreyMiller.com. He promises maybe one or two blog posts a month. <laughs> oh yeah i'm 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 back and getting that muscle publishing muscle that's going awesome again. uh go to coreymiller.com anywhere else they can reach out to you twitter of course awesome coreymiller303 but th- that's awesome perfect. uh everybody else thanks for listening it's mariport.com mariport.com slash subscribe we'll see you in the next episode all right i'll pause or end that i'll stop my